the WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. In just the second week of the regular season, the Great Earth East will look a bit clearer by night's end. The Sandusky Redskins continue their road show to take on another 1-0 team, the Harbor Beach Pirates. Good evening once again from the friendly and social distant confines of Harbor Beach, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be back here in Harbor Beach again, and lucky for us, we get to see back-to-back Greater Thumb East battles. Probably the best three teams in the East we've gotten to see here in Week 1 and 2. The summer season is officially over, and the calendar now shows that it is indeed fall. Yet the weather does not show it, and neither of our teams tonight have yet fallen to an opponent. We are in for a treat from the greater of the East between two 1-0 teams. Oh, absolutely. Uh, probably the winner of this game is going to be crowned the greater Thumb East champion. I hate to say that after two weeks, but we all know the three best teams in the East are always Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Sandusky. The Sandusky Redskins are on the road for the second straight week after they took out the Bad Axe Hatchets 36-6 a week ago. With a roster chuck full of returning talent, DeLore and Wedge and the Redskins are going to be one tough train to stop on the gridiron. As you know, I spend a little more time scouting the Sandusky area nowadays, and I can tell you the hype train is high. They have a ton of returning starters, a lot of talent. So this is a game that they've been looking forward to for a long time. That's what you get when you pay property taxes in Sandusky. For the first time in five years, the Harbor Beach Pirates enter a home game as the potential underdog. They defeated their rivals, the Ubley Bearcats, in a closely fought game 16-14, coming down to the final minute of play. But if the Pirates want to continue to defend their three straight Greater Thumb East titles, they'll need to figure out a way to stop or at least slow down the dominating Sandusky run game. Nope, no doubt about it. The, them being an underdog is one thing, but stopping this Sandusky running game, which is projected to be the absolute best running team in the East, will be a big challenge. Harbor Beach is going to need to bend, not break, and force some turnovers. It's the second week of the regular season here on the WLW Sports Network. Sandusky at Harbor Beach. Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the talk of the thumb, Dia Services of Cassidy for all of your grain handling needs, Paddock Radiator and Air Conditioning of Maddox, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, the Here and Daily Tribune, Home of the Prep Zone, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Here on Auto Parts, Countryside Sales and Service in Stacks Market of Owendale, Harbor Drug of Harbor Beach, Deckerville, and Ubley, Albert Insurance Agency of Harbor Beach and Port Hope, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WW Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. 
In some regard, it feels like tonight's broadcast is living on borrowed time. After the MHSA season was canceled mid-August, myself and a lot of others never thought we would see the Friday Night Lights shine bright until the fall of 2021. But here we are one week down, and yet all systems seem to be a go. Knock on the nearest wood around you. From what it seems, everyone is taking the social distancing and mask stipulations seriously, and the football season can continue. One person who is always taken very seriously is the man to my right, and that would be Dave Hansen. I do my best, Clark, and I absolutely had the same thoughts as you. I, I thought for sure we were going to have to take the year off, and it was going to be a long hiatus from last year's game to our next one. But lucky for us, it was just a couple-week delay, and uh, we jumped right into some great rivalry games. Oh, without a doubt. I was supposed to be in Traverse City this weekend, in fact. Leaving tomorrow now. So we're all set. I like it. Good change of direction yeah. there. Historically, when the season begins, our first football broadcast is a little bit rough. Now, I'm not saying last week was not that case, but when the backyard brawl is your first game out of the gate, you do not have much of a choice but to step into the batter's box and take it head on. I'm sure both Ubley and Harbor Beach have similar thoughts when looking back at last week's game. With limited practices, no preseason scrimmages, or even time together as a team, week one across the entire state of Michigan was filled with less than optimal performances turnovers, and mental mistakes. It's always exciting, though, to see the improvements from week one to week two to week three, especially when it's already the fifth week of the regular season. Absolutely right. You couldn't have said it any better. But there was one thing about that game that never disappoints us when it comes to Hard Beach and Ubley. Physical. Those guys hit. I guarantee they were taking ice baths the next day. That game was physical from the beginning to the end, even though none of those kids was wearing pads a couple days beforehand. And uh, we can appreciate that. That helps get that energy flowing through the whole stadium, even if there's nobody here. One person of our broadcast team whose nickname should be the Swiss Watch, it's Doug Cole. If you ever want someone who is ever consistent on time and can take a licking but keep on ticking, it's the man of my left for the last eight seasons. Doug Cole. Doug, it's good to have you back in the booth and with your first meet round table victory of the season already. Thank you, Clark. I really appreciate it. I'm excited for today's game. Hey, man, congratulations. You you're stay hot even with that long off season. Get your first victory right out of the gate. But uh, we're all waiting. We all want to know, where'd you, uh, where'd you stop on the ride over? So I stopped about halfway between Livonia and uh, Harbor Beach, uh, Marysville, Michigan, and okay. St. Clair County. I went to the Junction Buoy, which is a... Uh, restaurant slash bar right off the St. Clair River, and it was delicious. They had uh, fish and chips. Fish and chips. Is that this year's season's, uh, season's um, menu there? Um, I mean, maybe a couple of times, but okay. I'm going to change it up each week. All right. Well, does it get the dining with Doug's seal of approval? Oh, for sure. It, oh. was, it was great. There we go. All right. <laughs> Doug Cole, seal of approval on it, and dining with Doug can continue for another week. To our far right would be Dan Banky who just showed up on perfect timing here, our director of visual data and spotter for W at LW Sports. If you ever wonder how we sound like we do know what we're talking about, it's because we have Dan Banky in our ears telling us everything we need to know on the field. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great help. Most of the time, he's letting us know who's got the ball and which direction it's going. You can hear those coaches hollering out on the sideline what direction the ball's going. We got Dan up here telling us which way it's going. And, of course, who can forget the most beautiful and talented member of our broadcast team? That would be... My wife, Rochelle Ramsey. Rochelle is our director of game data analytics and compiles mountains of stats and figures and somehow conforms all of that to information into tangible conversion rates, time possession, and much more for us. After all the years, she actually did an excellent job last night. She came out of the gate better than the rest of us, I think. I was very impressed. See, I was telling her this after last week's game. She said, Clark, you're just saying that. You're like, just saying that. Well, exactly. See, once you put rings on it, that's exactly what you're supposed to say, and she <laughs> knows that. But in this case, Rochelle, I know you're out there listening. It is true. I always give you a hard time. You did an excellent job last week. Are Best you sure, ever. Are you sure she's listening? 
No, for your no, no, actually she is. I, th- I believe she is. She's <laughs> on her way over right now. For the second week in a row, we find ourselves on the east side of the thumb. For more Greater Thumb East action, there's much more to come. So keep it locked on the W. LW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services, Sandusky, and Harbor Beach. The Meteor Roundtable coming up next. Listen to the W, LW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app in your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide with no delay at WLWSports.com. And now also all of our replays in podcast form with the exception of last week. But in podcast form, all of our broadcasts, just go to WLWSports.com and click on the tab of podcasts or find your podcast wherever you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Switcher. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. It's now time for the Media Roundtable, presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today via text message from the Huron County View, the Supreme Court Justice of the Roundtable, Paul P. Adams, our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hanson, the Tri-County's top spotter, Dan Banky, and our reigning champion and director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we'll deem a media roundtable winner. Doug Cole is coming off of a dominating season in the roundtable, and he picked up last week where he left off from last year. Mr. Cole was the most accurate and is out of the gates with a 1-0 lead on the season. Just another day at the office, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's really liking this in-the-lead stuff, isn't he? <laughs> He's very confident. And of course, Dan Banky in the flesh today. With his first call, to, he had, his predictions last last week, he had to text him in, but here he is in the flesh on the radio this week. Yes, Clark, I made it finally. Um, <laughs> had a little hiccup on the tri- travels here, ran into a car accident, uh, had a detour around all that, but I did make it on time today. So how it all works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game at the W at the W Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously except the victory for the week. Since Doug won last week, he will go last, so leading off tonight will be Dan Banky, followed by Paul P. Adams via text message, and then Dave Hansen, who is looking for his first championship since 2015. Mm. Yeah. I had to mention that. It's been, it has been a few years. It has been a few years. I'm coming for you, Doug. Just a little bit. All right, we'll see. Well, you are two-time champion. I will say that. First two years out of it. All right, Dan Banky, what's your prediction for tonight? Well, Clark, I went back and forth, back and forth, and I finally came with a decision. I'm going to go with Sandusky, um, returning a ton of players, got good experience. And uh, after watching Hard Beach last week, not stopping a trap, uh, Sandusky runs the same plays as uh, Ubley. So I'm going to go uh, Sandusky 26, Hard Beach 14. 26 to 14, according to Dan Benke, our spotter for WLW Sports. Sandusky by 12 points, according to the Tri-County top spotter of the region. <laughs> Moving on, now we have Paul P. Adams via text message, and I can unlock and pull out the safety chain here. And picked for tonight, according to Paul P. Adams, Sandusky has been tabbed as the favorite to win the Greyertham East, due largely to returning nearly every player from last season's team, which finished with a 6-4 record. The Redskins feature one of the best backfields in the thumb, with reigning all-thumb player of the year, DeLoren Wedge, along with Zach Franzel and Martin Tovar. In last week's win over Bad Axe, the trio for 251 yards they ran for and three touchdowns. According to Paul P. Adams, he says, expect more of the same ground and pound tonight. He's taking Sandusky 32, 
Power Beach, 12. So 20-point victory in the eyes of Paul P. Adams for the Sandusky Redskins. Dave Hansen. Uh, Dan, I loved uh, – great job your first time. Man, it was awesome. But uh, I completely agree with what both of these guys said. As much as I, I think this team, this Hard Beach team, is a difficult challenge for anybody to come into this house and beat them, if there's a team that has enough experience, enough talent, is completely loaded is the Sandusky Redskins. Now, they, they won't see them air it out more than about three or four times, but they have backs all over the place. And when they find a weakness – they will exploit it. And keep in mind, and we'll talk about it later, Coach Jacobson has coached with and with Troy Schelke. Um, he's coached here in Hard Beach for years. He went over and coached with Bill Sweeney for years. And if there's anybody out there to get your experience from, it's the two Harbor Beach coaches and Bill Sweeney. And uh, he has learned a lot from that. And what doesn't get talked about is I think all those athletes on offense will do the work on defense as well. And if they can slow down Kadar in the passing game, this could be a runaway. It could be a track meet for Sandusky. I have them winning 36-15. to 15. 36 to <laughs> Oh, man, I can feel my phone blowing up already from Paul Piatos <laughs> here. So Dave Hansen, $1 Paul for the second straight week here, and he's taking Sandusky 36-15, to 15, Sandusky by 21 points. Paul Adams with Sandusky by 20 points. All right, that leaves that last week's champion. That'd be Doug Cole. Well, I agree with all three of you. I think Sandusky will win this game, but I think Harbor Beach is going to keep it close. Uh, I think they're going to learn from their uh, mistakes. I think uh, – Kedar is going to have a nice game throwing the ball. So I got uh, Sandusky winning this game. I got them winning 26-19. to 26-19, a seven-point victory, according to Doug Cole for the Sandusky Redskins. So by default, it looks like I've got Harbor Beach tonight. All four are taking Sandusky. We have on the very bottom end there, Doug Cole taking the under with Sandusky by seven. Dan Banky, Sandusky by 12. Paul P. Adams stuck in the middle with you with 20 points. And Dave Hansen taking Sandusky by 21. All right, Dave, let's take a look at the other area games going on tonight. So let's start in 11-player. Let's start in 8-player football. How about that? Sure. And we have uh, one game already in the books, and this is by default and a forfeiture. Deckerville was supposed to play at Flint International tonight. Unfortunately, Flint International, the field that they play on in lease for the 2020 season, is no longer available. They tried to move the game to Deckerville, as in the lease owner said, you're not playing here. So I don't know what happened there. But they tried to move the game to Deckerville, but officials were not available, and then there were not enough people to work the game at Deckerville. So as a result, Flint International forfeits. Deckerville moves on to 2-0. and It's a tough thing because we already have a shortened season, and Deckerville has lost a ton of starters from the previous two seasons. So the very young team could have really used the experience and the extra gameplay, the extra pad work. But... I was hoping they could find a last-minute fill-in, somebody else having a similar problem, but no such luck, but uh, Deckerville will go to 2-0. New Haven Merritt at Morris. Morris, in their first game of the season, they had a bye last week, of all things. Yeah, very strange. Again, uh, teams not being able to line up games, but I understood with the way how crazy this year has been, but uh, Morris is still the cream of the crop in, in division in the eight-player football, so give me Morris there and, and a big win right out of the gate. Burton Atherton at Genesee and Kingston at Mayville. Absolutely. Of course, for us, we're going to pay a little more attention, but I think Kingston gets on the board this week. Uh, Mayville, a pretty decent team, but I like Kingston on the road this week. In NCTL Stripes, the first week of Stripes action, or actually I should say second week, Bay City All Saints at North Huron. This game will be the day game that Paul P. Adams is attending. Absolutely, and I think he'll see uh, North Huron get the victory tonight. Uh, they got enough talent on that team to, to beat Bay City. Bay City All Saints, of course, did not have a game last week. They had to back out of the game due to a positive COVID uh, close relation case for the football team. 
the team they're supposed to play, Peck, was able to play against Merrill, so Bay City does not, the All Saints do not get a charge with a loss, just no game. So they're at North Huron, Caseville at Mount Pleasant, Sacred Heart, CPS at Peck, and Akron Fairgrove at Ashley, both uh, teams 0-1. And I think the other game we'll kind of keep an eye on is CPS and Peck, both 0-1. I, but I do think Peck finds a way to get their first win at home. And, of course, moving into the Greater Thumb Conference and the f- Greater Thumb West will start with Bad Axe at Carroll, both teams 0-1. Yeah, I think Bad Axe learned uh, the new coaching staff and this young team with a lot of talent learned the hard way that uh, Sandusky is really, really good. They ran into a buzzsaw, uh, but I don't see a lot in Carroll. I think Bad Axe has the talent if they can bring it together, but I do think Bad Axe gets win number one. Reese at Cass City. Reese 0-1, Cass City 1-0. Cass City is still a very good football team. Not really getting talked about as much in the West. They're included in the three-headed race, but they always seem to be the one that people are not talking enough about. But I think Cass City put up 50 last week. I think they put up another 50 this week and win big against Reese. Lakers at Vassar. Lakers 1-0, Vassar 0-1. Keep it quick. Vassar is not very good. Lakers will beat them no problem. USA at Brown City in our crossover game this week. Unfortunately, the East is very top and bottom heavy. Brown City is in that bottom section of the East. USA is trending up. They go to 2-0. and In the Greater Thumb East, Marlette was supposed to play a host K-Pack. K-Pack does not have a team this year. They fall to 0-2. Marlette now at 2-0, one of the better starts of the year. Look out. We uh, we haven't talked about them at all, but uh, for good reason. They haven't played Ubley, Sandusky, or Harbor Beach yet. We'll see what happens after they play them. And speaking of the Bearcats, they are hosting Memphis tonight in Ubley. Yeah, and this will be the only time you probably ever say that Memphis has a better record than Ubley. Uh, but that will change Ubley probably in a revenge fashion. You don't want to be Memphis this week. Probably a running clock. Ubley will win that game. And the final game in the Greater Thumb East, Sandusky at Harbor Beach. And all four of our experts taking Sandusky tonight in what should be an interesting second week of the regular season. When we return, we'll take a look at the Sandusky Redskins right here on your home for high school football, the W. LW Sports Network being powered by Agar Valley Services. You're listening to the W at LW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky with your call tonight from the friendly and distant confines of Harbor Beach, Michigan. 25 minutes are on the clock until this game kicks off. It is a record crowd for COVID season 2020, and the Sandusky Redskins are in town against the Harbor Beach Pirates. In the history of Sandusky football, the Redskins have made the playoffs nine total times, four of those since head coach Craig Jacobson has taken the helm of the program in 2013. In those eight last eight years, Sandusky's gone 43-27, and 27, winning 61% of their games played, including the 2015 squad that ended up 11-1 and and making it all the way to the regional final. They hope to match that caliber of play in 2020, and they certainly have the roster to do it. They certainly do. This is one of those classes that they've Coach Jacobson has had his eye on for many years. Uh, he's only got one district championship, and it was in that 2015 season you mentioned. But uh, they did tie... The division in 2018 as well. That's They're actually only outright. Is that right? Only one district title in the history of the school. That's a great point. That is a great point. Um, and Coach Jacobson obviously is the only one that has it. But he, I mentioned earlier, and we'll highlight it again, he was on the coaching staff during the state finals run with Bill Sweeney, and he was also on the coaching staff at Harbor Beach with, Tro- with Coach Schelke and two seasons under Coach Dillon. 
And uh, if there's any, like I said earlier, if there's three guys you want to learn from in this area, those are three pretty darn good ones. The Redskins of what might some refer to them as the Sandusky Washington football team finished the 2019 season with a 6-4 and four mark, but with just five total seniors on the team. To start the 2020 season, Sandusky returns a flurry of talent, including their entire backfield, which is where you'll find the unanimous 2019 Thumbs Sports Writers Association Player of the Year, DeLorean Wedge. Absolutely. Can't say enough about the speed this guy has and strength. Last year, he had just over 100 carries, took that for 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns. Averaged an absurd 13 and a half yards per carry. He even caught four passes for 100 yards and another score. This guy is the do-it-all back for Sandusky. Will lead them in carries. He is the focal point of the offense. All defenses will attempt to keep an eye on him. He ran for uh, 100 yards against Harbor Beach last year. And uh, the only game he had without a touchdown and that game, I believe, ended his season as well. Yes, correct. He ran for over 1,400 yards in eight games as a junior last year. But don't let Wedge fool you. He's not the only able horse in the Sandusky stable. Last year as a team, the Sandusky Redskins ran for 3,035 yards on 341 attempts, which is about, just about under 9 yards per average and 45 touchdowns. Aside from Wedge, Sandusky has two more running backs who combined for over 1,200 yards last season. Absolutely. Martin Tovar, still a junior, his second full season on the varsity, and Zach Franzel. Now, Zach Franzel's got a bum thumb, no pun intended, but it's bandaged up, it's casted up, he's ready to go. But these guys combined for a ton of yards. Keep Martin Tovar in mind. He had seven and a half yards of carry, and Zach Franzel one-ups him with just over eight yards per touch last season. Big playability all over this backfield. And if you're the Harbor Beach Pirates, you are going to have to be disciplined and you cannot miss tackles in open space. At quarterback, the Redskins have some experience and stability, especially when your play caller is now in his third year starting under center. Despite not passing the ball much, senior Matt Carlson knows how to manage Sandusky's offense in between the hash marks. Absolutely, you got to love it. And I think now being year number three, I do expect him to throw the ball a little more, and that's more than two times a game, which is what normally Sandusky would do. He attempted 32 passes last season, completed 57% of them for 375 yards, and he had four touchdown passes. That's the key to me because you will see him carry the ball very little just a once in a while to catch you off guard. But the play-action pass is something Coach Jacobson would love to showcase here tonight, probably four or five times. And speaking of Coach Jacobson out there, Dave, you see who he's talking to right there? Uh, yes, I do. That looks like our own Dan Banky, doesn't it? One of it? his former student athletes there. Dan Banky, you pointed us out during the uh, commercial break. He's one of the players who has actually coached or has uh, been coached by Craig Jacobson and Troy Schelke. Uh, he's in good company. I'm sure he learned a lot from those two gentlemen, and uh, it's good to see them catching up out there. Last year, the Sandusky Redskins had the most prolific offense of all 14 Greater Thumb Conference teams, averaging 38 points per game. Last week, they scored 36 on the road at Badax, and we'll see how they do this week. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the home team, the Harbor Beach Pirates. Your home for high school football is the W at LW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. It's week number five in the second week of the regular season right here on the W. Out of the Sports Network, Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky with your call tonight from Harbor Beach, Michigan. 
The Sandusky Redskins are in town, taking on the defending Greater Thumb East champions for the past three years. Sandusky was co-champs with them three years ago. The Harbor Beach Pirates, for the 10th time in 11 years, the Harbor Beach Pirates have won their season opener. Troy Schalke is now into his 24th year as head coach for the Pirates and since taking over the program from Hall of Famer Jack Dillon. The Pirates have started out the season with a record of at least 1-0 18 times now. Last Friday also marked the first time that Harbor Beach squared off with the Greater Thumb East foe, the Ugly Bearcats, in the very first week of the season. But considering this is the year of 2020, it's quite fitting. Absolutely anything is possible nowadays. But uh, Coach Schelke has won 69% of his games, 171 wins to 77 losses. But more impressively, he's got eight 10-win seasons in that tenure with five state semifinals, one state championship ring, probably the most favorite one of the year. But against Sandusky, he's fared pretty well. 16 wins to seven losses, including winning eight of the last nine. And the last time they lost was 2015. And it wasn't good. 43-8, to eight, Sandusky came in and beat these guys. Unlike Sandusky, who had very little turnover from a year ago, Harbor Beach lost just over half of their starters to graduation. But the Pirates returned some important cogs in their offense, including their second-year starting quarterback, Dylan Kadar. The first week of the 2020 season was a bit sloppy for Harbor Beach on both sides of the ball, but Kadar kept the Pirates all moving in the same direction, enough to pull out a two-point victory over Ubley. Absolutely, uh... Kadar did not have his best game. He was only 4 of 10 passing, but last year he completed 67% of his passes. He averaged 200 yards a game. He had 13 passing touchdowns and just shy of 1,000 yards through the air and has the ability to run. He ran for 4 TDs and 300 yards last year, so that'll be very important. Ubley did a great job last week holding him to 13 carries for 24 yards. But look for Kadar to get going himself and watch this offense explode for more than just two touchdowns. In the backfield, Kaden Boynton, Ethan Hessling, and Luke Woodkey are the main backs when Harbor Beach comes out in the storied T formation. As a team, the Pirates rush for 135 yards. It appeared last week that when they went into the tee, Luke Woodkey was the guy they really wanted to get the ball to, and that's no surprise because when they pass the ball, it's Luke Woodkey they want to get the ball to. So number six for Harbor Beach is the guy that that uh, the Sandusky is going to look to take out of the game. Woodkey had 11 carries for 37 yards and a very crucial fumble in the red zone right on the goal line for Harbor Beach. That play ended up not coming back to haunt them, but would have given him some extra breathing room. But Ethan Hessling, a senior, knows this backfield very well. He had a touchdown last week. And probably the most successful guy is the guy we don't mention enough, and that's Caden Boynton. He had a touchdown and led the team in rushing with 44 yards last week. It's no question that Harbor Beach struggled to connect on passing routes and through the air last week, really showing those week one growing pains, especially with few practices under their belt. Last year, the Pirates threw for 925 yards with 57 completions on just 85 attempts. I'm confident when I say that I'm sure Troy Schelke gave his offense this week plenty of reps to make sure Kadar and his wide receivers are on the same page entering tonight. If there was one bright spot, Mason Booms only had five receptions last year. He had three already last week and had a couple targets that could have gone his way if the pass was more accurate. But Luke Woodkey led the team last year with nine catches, 183 yards, and three scores. Last week, he only had one catch, but targeted a ton. So look for those two guys to be the vocal point of the passing offense. But don't sleep on a couple of sophomores that I think have a ton of talent and Tanton Babcock and Levi Klasky. Klasky ran the ball a little bit last week, looked very good. But Tanton Babcock is a guy that's going to catch a couple passes this season that's going to open up the eyes of the of the coaching staff at Harbor Beach. We are just 13 minutes away from kicking off the second week of the regular season with the future of the Greater Thumb East title on the line. 
The St. Esky Redskins are on the road taking on the Harbor Beach Pirates, so keep it locked on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. A seasonably warm Friday night here in Harbor Beach, Michigan. Sandusky at Harbor Beach in week number five, which is actually week number two of the regular season. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, your home for high school football all season long. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com as well. Mark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky with your call tonight. High above this field here in Harbor Beach. And as the crow, crow flies... 30 miles separate Harbor Beach and Sandusky, north by northeast. For those driving to the game who are lucky enough to snag a ticket or found a scalper on this nearby sidewalk, it's 37 miles from East Pine Tree Lane to South 5th Street in Harbor Beach. One would head east on M46 past Dairy Queen, north on good old Ruth Road until you hit M142 and then head east. If you've hit water or Smalley's Bar and Grill, you've gone too far. In regards to school size, Harbor Beach is the second small school in the Greyertham Conference with 206 students enrolled. Sandusky is tied for fourth largest in the Greyertham Conference with Badaxe, each with 291 students per the MHSAA. So in regards to school size, it's Sandusky by 85 students. Tonight is the 38th time that the Redskins and Pirates have met on the gridiron. The first matchup took place in 1983, which was the first year that Sandusky was in the Thumb C League compared to previously in the Thumb B. They have played every year ever since, and Harbor Beach leads the overall series 25-12. That very first game resulted in a victory for Harbor Beach 12-6 with the Pirates having a quarterback by the name of Troy Schelke. He threw a 25-yard touchdown pass to Bob Wood in the fourth quarter, and that turned out to be the difference maker, which also happened to be Sandusky's homecoming. Brad Esbaker had 94 yards on 26 carries for Harbor Beach. Rick Graves led the way for Sandusky with 79 yards on 23 carries. And Bruce Fleming had 75 on 11 tries. It's amazing what you can find in the Sandusky Republican Tribune archives, especially late into the night, Dave. That's the only time you find this stuff. <laughs> Last year on offense, Sandusky had the best scoring production in the Greater Thumb Conference. Harbor Beach close behind in the three slot. The Redskins averaged 38 points per game last year, Harbor Beach at 36.8. So going off of last year's numbers, it's Sandusky by 1.2 points. Defensively, in 2019, the Pirates allowed just 9.5 points per game, putting them in the number two slot. Cass City was at number one. The Redskins' defense was in the middle of the pack in 2019, allowing 24.9 per football game, which was the sixth best. So on the other side of the ball, with 2019 numbers again, it's Harbor Beach by 15.4. Las Vegas has set their line for the game, and they're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at The Ohio State University and Deion Sanders, sports wagering department, set after factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight sits at Sandusky, 10.5 points. Tonight is the 269th day of the year, meaning there are just 96 days until 2020 is finally over. Can't wait for the season finale. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast tonight. Whether you're listening at home, out for a walk, or maybe still driving home from work, which, Dave, this leads me to this week's trivia question. You ready for this topic? Let's do it. Highway safety. <laughs> Perfect. Your specialty. <laughs> the center line of a highway, which may seem like a pretty logical idea these days for safety, was not invented until 1911 in all places but Michigan's own Wayne County. 
My question to you, Dave, is who was the inspiration behind painting a line to separate the lanes of traffic? <laughs> wow. Uh, you never cease to amaze me on this stuff. I uh, have to pass. I have not a clue. <laughs> well, it, it's surprising, Dave, that you didn't know this one. It's Edward Hines. Hmm. He was driving down the road behind a milk wagon. He noticed milk was leaking from the wagon onto the road, and the light bulb went off from there, and River Road in Trenton, Michigan, was the first road to have a painted line. Still to this day, the center line is considered the single most important traffic safety device in the history of transportation. That's simple. Next question, Dave. Edward Hines sat on the Wayne County Road Commission from 1906 to 1938, along with others, including some dude named Henry Ford. But in Edward Hines' eyes, the center line was not his most notable accomplishment. He was the driving force behind the first concrete mile of roadway in the world. What road had the first concrete mile in the entire world? <laughs> I uh, I don't even know where to start there either, bud. I, I got nothing for you. Well, you're going to kick yourself on this one. Woodward Avenue. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Woodward Avenue. Between 6 and 7 Mile in Detroit, Edward Hines was also the advocate for landscaping traffic right-of-ways and lim- eliminating billboards and power lines along highways. Hines Park is named after him, as well as Hines Drive, a 17-mile road that follows the Rouge River from Dearborn all the way to Northville. However, aside from the center line of a highway, landscape right-of-ways, and concrete roads, Edward Hines came up with something else as well. Snow removal from roadways. This guy did it all. See, yeah, that, that one seems pretty obvious, yes. So my question to you, Dave, and final question tonight, how many pounds of salt... Does the Huron County Road Commission use in an average year? Uh, wow. How many, I, uh, how I will at least pounds? guess at this one. Right, how I'll many go with, pounds? I will go with, um, um, how about 5 million pounds? You're close. 8 million pounds. Oh, that's not that close. Well, <laughs> in relativeness, yes. 8 million pounds of salt. In an average year, the Huron County Road Commission goes through 4,000 tons of salt. That's an insane number, David. Oh, that is unbelievable. I thought pounds. I was on the high side. I'm not going to lie. That's crazy. <laughs> well, thanks to the Huron County Road Commission Secretary Manager Neil Hengel for the details. I'm not sure who is more fascinated, me calling him to find out this information. He knew it off the top of his head. Or him asking, why do you want to know this? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Probably the first and only time he will ever be asked that question. Perhaps. And a shout out to the Huron County Road Commission workers out there, the best in the business. You take it for granted until you drive out of the county. Speaking of driving out of the county, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? <laughs> yeah, you can take it from my experience. I have, I can give you some stories on that, but that's for another time. Let's start with uh, the home team, the Harbor Beach Pirates. That run defense is going to be crucial tonight. If you give up eight yards of carry, which is what Sandusky averages, it will be a track meet for Sandusky. So that defensive front, that front seven especially, needs to be disciplined, maintain gap presence, and need to make tackles. For Sandusky, neutralize the Harbor Beach passing game. If Harbor Beach has the advantage over Sandusky, it's the ability to make plays through the air and by spreading out a defense. This is probably the only time Sandusky will play anybody this year that is very good at a spread offense. They will need to be able to take away those passing game, especially the deep ball. And last but not least, we saw multiple turnovers last week. We saw three of them to be exact, if you turn the ball over once or twice tonight, this game will not, you will not win. This, there are too many good athletes on this team. A loss of possession or two because of turnovers will be costly. And I keep in mind, that's where Harbor Beach comes into play. With them throwing the football, they are vulnerable to interceptions, tip balls. They have to not turn the ball over if they're going to win this game. 
It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll have our game time forecast as well as our starting lineups right here on the WLW Sports Network. Conditions in Harbor Beach, Michigan are 68 degrees with sunny skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this evening. Winds are in the south-southeast at 10 miles per hour, gusting up to 12. Visibility is at 10 miles. Barometric pressure dropping at 29.93 inches. Dew point is at 58. It feels like it's 68 degrees out. The humidity is at 66%. Sunset is in, well, now 18 minutes from now, and we're currently in a waxing gibbous moon phase. The official moon phase of the WLW Sports Network. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night. For football. On September 25th, I have the unfortunate news report that there's no, now more darkness than daylight, but if 2020 is any indication, December 21st is right around the corner. I'm sure of that. Harbor Beach won the toss, elected to defer to the second half, so Sandusky will be receiving the ball first. Your officials tonight from Davison, Michigan. Your referee is Doug Dillon from Flint, umpire Mike Tipton. Linesman is Dwayne Calloway from Flushing, line judge from Grand Blank, Scott Meridian, and your back judge Greg Moriarty from Davison. Starting on the Sandusky Redskin offense. The quarterback, three-year starter, Matt Carlson, in the backfield. Halfback, Zach Franzel Sr., fullback, DeLorean Wedge, the man who ran for over 1,300 yards last season, and the other halfback, Martin, Martin Tovar, the only junior starting for this Redskin team. At center, Corey Lampson, the sophomore, left guard, Casey Kirkpatrick's left tackle, Braxton Davis, a senior. Tight end on the left side, number 11, Lucas Feehan. On the right guard, Jacob Sanderson, a senior, right tackle, number 73, Caden Blaschel, in the right tight end, number 45, Brendan Duff, a senior, also the leading tackler for the Sandusky Redskin defense. We'll get to the Harbor Beach starters here in just a moment, but it looks like we have a moment just right now. Let's go to the Harbor Beach defense at the moment. In our middle linebacker here, we have Ethan Hessling, who's a senior, 6'200 pound, outside linebackers, depending on the formation, Caden Boynton and Luke Woodkey, both juniors. In the secondary, safeties, Dylan Kadar, the free safety, 6-foot, 175-pound senior, also plays quarterback, and back there as well, Tanton Babcock, a sophomore. On the defensive line, nose guard, Elliot Seaman, 5'11", 205-pound senior. 
Defensive tackles, Colin Rogemuck and Dakota Deer. In your defensive ends, Grant Smiglinski and Levi Klasky. As well as Mason Booms, kind of moving up from the defensive end to the cornerback to middle linebacker, kind of plays every position on defense. Luke Woodkeats, Jr. for Harbor Beach, kicking things off for the Pirates, left or right across the radio in their home black uniforms, orange stripes down the sides, classic traditional white helmets with black face masks. Deep back for the Redskins with DeLorean Wedge at his own four-yard line to his right, Zach Franzel to his left, Martin Tovar. In front of him would be number 11, Lucas Feehan, who also plays a tight end. Big kick from the left footer, Luke Woodkey comes in at the four yard, six yard line. They come out with the starters here and it's into the hands of Lucas Feehan. It gets out to about the 16 yard line. Looks like Harper Beach was right for that one based on the uh, reaction from the sideline there. Number 15 on the tackle for Harper Beach, Levi Klesky. Absolutely, and uh, the up man actually fields the ball and turns his back to the Harbor Beach Pirates, and uh, basically the Sandusky runs their own version of the wing T right there on the special teams return, but uh, Harbor Beach not fooled and not very good field position for Sandusky. They're going to have to go the length of the field against this Pirate defense. Sandusky starting at their own 17-yard line, right to left across your radio. On offense for the first time, the presumed favorites to win the Greater Thumb East this season now on the field in Harbor Beach. T-formation, Matt Carlson, senior under center. It's a handoff to Zach Fransley. He has room to run, spins out his first tackle, and is dragged forward, falling down across the 30-yard line for a 13-yard gain. Ethan Hessling, middle linebacker, finally trips him up. Ethan Hessling is one of the three guys that are going to have to be absolutely perfect tonight in this game, and that was not a very good tackle. Zach Franzel was hit after about a seven-yard gain. He's able to spin and fight his way for another three or four, a pretty easy first down going untouched seven yards. First down right away for Sandusky. Big start to the game. One carry, 13-yard gain for the Sandusky Redskins. 11-28 left in the first. A handoff to Franzel once again in the middle of the back. Gets across the 35, falls forward to the 36-yard line, a six-yard gain brought down by Mason Booms, six-foot, 165-pound senior. Absolutely. We are just talking about those important guys in the Heart Beach defense. It's those linebackers, and it starts with Ethan Hessling. They have to find out where those three backs, the three gaps that they are going to attack, and those linebackers have to fill them, jump into them, and force those guys to kick it outside or make that tackle. But they are not going to last very long if they're going to give up nine and a half yards per play, which is what Sandusky has started with after their first two. Two carries, 19 yards, now at the Sandusky 36-yard line, right to left cross radio in the T formation, and off to Franzel again, five, same spot, has the first down, is tripped up at midfield and falls into high reach territory, but they're going to mark him down right at midfield at the 50. Tackle made by the free safety, Dylan Kadar on the last safety valve tackle for the Pirates. Wow, when you said deep safety making the tackle, you can tell you right now that if he don't make that tackle, we got our first score of the game, but so far, getting through that defensive line has been no problem for Sandusky. They have attacked the right side of the line. They have done very well running right at, looks like Levi Klasky on that side. They're going to have to sure things up. 66, Colin Roganbuck. Those are the guys they're attacking right now. As a handoff to DeLorean Wedge up the middle, breaks free of two tackles. He has the first down to the 30-yard line, cuts back inside, and dragged down by Dylan Kadar at the 25-yard line. A big 25-yard gain for DeLorean Wedge on his first carry of the night. Not too bad of an average. Absolutely, and he was at the sideline, and Kadar does an excellent job of cutting him off in open space. Wedge does his puts on his best move, tries to cut back behind him. An excellent open field tackle by Kadar, but Wedge showcasing that speed, easy change of direction. Big carry for him, 25 yards to start this game. And don't, don't look now, but they're already on the 25-yard line at Harbor Beach. 
On the edge of the red zone, Carlson working off the right hash, white jersey, black pants, black helmet, redskin logo on either side. It's a handoff to Zach Franzel again, finds that right gap, swings forward, nearly out of two tackles, and is finally brought down after a nine-yard gain down to the 16-yard line, tackle made by Tanton Babcock out of the secondary. Cornerback, sophomore for Harbor Beach. Uh, I think that's about the last three or four plays you've mentioned that the secondary has made the tackle. That should explain exactly what is happening in this game. The defensive front, the defensive front four of Harbor Beach has been non-existent on this first series, Sandusky, and it's been the same two plays. It's right off the right side, and it's one dive for Wedge up the middle. Otherwise, it's been Franzel around that left, that right side each and every time. He already has 42 yards, and it's a handoff to Delorn Wedge, who gets the first down across the 15, now to the 13-yard line, a hard-fought three yards. And that is the shortest gain for Sandusky tonight. Tackle made by middle linebacker Ethan Hessling, as well as Colin Rogamuck, defensive tackle. A uh, little better pressure there. They're able to seal up that gap. Wedge had nowhere to go, but he's able to get enough for the first down, which was the intention. But that defensive line showing a little life. And uh, now let's see if they can keep him out of the end zone. Looks like Sandusky at the 13-yard line already of Harbor Beach. Still working off that right hash. Matt Carlson under center. Three men backfield in the straight tee for Sandusky. Going to be in the same formation all season long, all night. Quarterback keeper Carlson's in the backfield, and he's going to be stopped for no gain on the play. Mason Booms and number 74, Grant Smiglinski, got into the backfield and stopped him for no gain. Looks like they actually marked him down for a yard loss out to the 14-yard line. So now it's second down and 11. Uh, it's one of those things where you, you want to catch that defense off guard, but I'm not so sure why you need to do anything different. They call Carlson's number a number a, a name they don't call very often in the running game. They try to run him to the short side of the field and uh, leave it to Booms there. Mason Booms was able to sniff it out and make that tackle for loss in the backfield. I reach going the five-man front now, four linebackers. Matt Carlson, handoff to Zach Franzel, trying to find something, not much room, but he breaks out of that tackle and sprung down to the middle of the field in between the hash marks by Tanton Babcock and Ethan Hessling after a hard-fought three yards out to the 11-yard line. Ball almost came loose at the very end there, but down Franzel with a three-yard game. With their backs against the wall, all of a sudden this Harbor Beach defense has perked up a little bit, bringing up third down and eight by far. This is the first third down Sandusky's face on this drive, and make it third and eight. We know uh, how Coach Jacobson works, so this is four-down territory, so they're not necessarily looking to score on this play, but they would love five or six. Sandusky already with four first downs in 72 yards off of eight plays. Third down and eight from the 11-yard line. Swing the hash mark. Senior Carlson surveys the prairie. Waits for the snap. Hands it off to DeLorean. Wedge goes right up the middle, and Harbor Beach snuffs that one out and stops him on third and eight. Gets out to about the eight-yard line, a three-yard gain. Fourth down and five to go. Actually, four to go. Tackle made by number... 66, Colin Rogenbuck on defense for the Pirates. Those are the guys we called out early. They were the ones getting picked on early in this drive. They have settled in, made the proper adjustments, and they're getting off their blocker a little quicker. Uh, the first part of this drive looked like Jacob Sanderson and uh, Colin Blaschel just dominating that right line, but all of a sudden, Hart Beach has made a few stops here. Now it's fourth down and five, and Sandusky has ran basically two plays, a dive to wedge and off the right tackle with Franzel. They made Dial up play action here right away. Sandusky going for it. Fourth and four from the Harbor Beach seven-yard line. Hand up to Zach Franzel up the middle. He's down to the end zone. Touchdown, Sandusky. Zach Franzel from seven yards out finds the end zone, and Sandusky tacks on six points. 
Not even halfway through the first quarter. 6.23 left in the first. It's Sandusky 6, Harbor Beach nothing. Harbor Beach's defense showed some signs of life there, but they go right back to the play that got them all the way down the field. They go to Zach Franzel, and he's able to slice through that defensive line, and you could see it. As soon as he got past, past that defensive tackle, there was a lot of room, and linebackers are tackling him forward. That's how quickly he got into the secondary, and he's able to punch it in on fourth and five for a big touchdown run. Going for two. From the three-yard line, Carlson under center. Hands off to Martin Tovar. His first carry tonight gets pushed up at the one-yard line, and the two-point conversion is no good. So Sandusky leads by six points. Five minutes and 37 seconds into the ball game. It's 6-0 Sandusky at Harbor Beach. Just like last week, the away team in Harbor Beach marches right down the field and scores on their first possession. Sandusky leads the Harbor Beach Pirates 6-0. 6.23 left in the first quarter. Two-point conversion stopped by the Harbor Beach Pirates. It seems like Harbor Beach might be starting to sniff some things out there, but still Sandusky slashing into that front line of Harbor Beach. As their backs got pushed against the wall, you saw the defensive front come make a couple plays early, but... Uh, fourth down and five. That's a situation you want to put that offense in every single time. But Sandusky was able to go back to the well, and uh, Zach Franzel is able to finish off that drive with a tough run, not only for the first down, but he's able to get it into the end zone. Tough run by that senior. Zach Franzel also kicks the the ball for the Sandusky Redskins, comes at the 17-yard line. Luke Woodge has it across the 35, across the 40, and finally brought down at the 41, maybe the 42-yard line, number 52 on the stop, Jacob Sanderson. Right guard and offense, defensive end, senior for Sandusky. First and 10 for the Pirates at their own 42-yard line. And good return there by the special teams. Hard Beach gives them really nice field position here. Looks like they did settle on their own 42-yard line, so fairly short field for Harbor Beach to work with. And just what the doctor ordered here, they, they stopped the two-point conversion. If you have to allow a touchdown, stop that two-pointer, go down the field and get, it, get your own score, and maybe even take the lead. And uh, I'm not surprised. They started on the wing tee last week. They'll start out in the spread with two running backs in the backfield. Coming out, two wide to the right, one to the left, working off the left hash, running back on either side of Dylan Cater. It's a handoff to Levi Klaska, the sophomore for the Pirates, and he gets stopped for no gain in the play. They're actually going to mark him down at the 41-yard line for a loss of a yard. Tackle made by Mitchell Davis, defensive tackle, the only sophomore out there for Sandusky. An excellent penetration by the defensive line. They get into the backfield. They run read option. And it looked like Kadar that time had the green light to keep that ball if he wanted. He was certainly surveying. And in that case, he didn't like what he saw. So he gave it to Klasky to take it. And, of course, he gets hit instantly for a one-yard loss. Second down, 11 from the 41, working off the left hash. I've reached now out in the three-man backfield T formation. Kadar under center. There's a snap, handoff to the second option to number four. Caden Boynton gets some positive yards, and he's upended at the 44-yard line after a three-yard gain. Third down and eight to go for the high-reach Pirates. Tackle made by Jacob Sanderson, once again defensive end. And so far, that front that front line of Sandusky we saw on the on the on the offensive side, dominate Harbor Beach early. You see them come out and play a little defense, and so far they've won the battle on the first two plays. Harbor Beach right away, third down and long, eight yards to go for their first first down of the game, and 
almost got to anticipate them spreading it out, and certainly you're going to see this time four receivers, three to the right, just one running back keeping Kadar company in the backfield. Yeah, it looks like it is number 14, 10, Babcock in the – or simply number four, Caden Boynton. Looks to pass, play action to the right. It's caught by Mason Booms, converts in the fourth – on the third down, down inside Sandusky territory, the 46-yard line. Tackle made by DeLoren Wedge out of the secondary cornerback for the Redskins. Move the chains for the Pirates. First time tonight into Sandusky territory. Mason Booms is the guy in the passing game that has probably evolved the most. He has come a long ways. His route running is a little sharper. Those hands are a little better. And he runs a nice out route, plants that foot right to the sideline. And I love how all that pressure, they use it against Sandusky. They roll Kadar out to his right, his throwing side, and he's able to deliver a strike for a big first down for Harbor Beach. And a 10-yard reception. A handoff up the middle to Caden Boynton. It's out for absolutely nothing. Dropped to the 46-yard line. Tackle made by number 78, Micah Brown. Defensive tackle, senior and a big man out there for the Sandusky Redskins second down and 10. Yeah big boy for sure but he was not alone there was three or four white jerseys in the area just no yards after contact and Boynton was going nowhere fast no gain on the play maybe a half a yard at most so again back in the situation it's second down and fairly long for Harbor Beach and probably going to spread it out again and see if they can try to run it from this spread offense again. Going trips to the left one to the right Dan Babcock to the right. Dylan Cater working off the right hash. As Caden Boynton to his left, and it's a handoff to Boynton. Has room to run. He has positive yards. Gets down to the 41-yard line before he is stopped after a five-yard gain. Tackle made by number 58, Mitchell Davis, and Brendan Duff, middle linebacker for the Redskins. I'm reached now facing a third down and five. Brendan Duff did an excellent job there. He was completely blocked out by 54, Elliott Seaman. He was able to bounce off that and get a hand on that running back, slow him down, and that allowed 58 to come over and clean him up. It's an excellent job considering he was blocked right out of the play and was still able to be involved to force a third down and five. Third down, five from the Sandusky, 41. Trips left. One to the right, Kadar rolling to his left, looking to pass. Throws downfield, man open. It's into the hands of Mason Booms. It's caught at the 30, down to the 20. Cuts into the, to the far sideline at the 15 and finally forced out of bounds at the 16. Knocked out of bounds by Martin Tovar, cornerback for Sandusky, a junior. And Harbor Beach now inside Sandusky's red zone. Kadar's got to be careful. He made a good throw there, but DeLorean Wedge sniffed it out. He got burned on it on this side. He got burned on it again, but this time... He leaves his feet too early. There's a little bit of touch on that ball. DeLorean Wedge jumps up to slap it down, and it floats right over his head. Great concentration by the guy I just mentioned who has played a lot better at wide receiver, and that's Mason Booms. Hauls in a big catch that was contested, and he turns it upfield for a big gain for this Harbor Beach passing offense. Booms with a 25-yard reception there, two receptions for 35 yards in the night. Kadar keeps it for himself, and he's going to be met in the backfield for a two-yard loss. Number 25, Zach Franzel, outside linebacker, the kicker, the running back. He drives the bus. He'll clean your windows for the two-yard loss on the quarterback keeper. With only one good thumb, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's off to a very good start in this game, but all they've done is take away the running game, and now they're putting the ball in Kadar's hands. Second down and 12 with two minutes to go on the first quarter. Almost certainly they're going to scrap the running play here and go back to some kind of quick pass to try to get five or six back unless they find an open receiver deep. Kadar is not afraid to launch that ball down the field. Two wide each way. Kadar, Kadar in the shotgun to the right. Woodkey and Booms. Boynton to his left, looking to pass, going up forward, throws it upfield, in and out of the hands at the 10-yard line. That was be Tanton Babcock, the sophomore. Little high on that one. Looks like we have a 
Our reach player, Grant Smiglinski, a little slow to get up. Seems to be he seems to be okay. Third down and 12 for the Pirates. Good coverage there. Brady Franzel is the defensive back in coverage, and he was right there uh, next to the receiver, Babcock. But when Kadar steps up in the pocket, Tanton kind of takes his eye off the play. He looks to turn around and set a block for his quarterback. But when really Kadar stepped up to evade the pressure, and then he did a little bit of a jump throw and just tried to get it out to, to Babcock quick. There was a chance for a quick completion, but it sails right through his fingertips. Are we trying to convert on the third, third down of this drive? Kadar looking to pass down to the corner of the end zone. It is underthrown into intended for Luke Woodkey. Underthrown at the goal line. Falls incomplete. Number 20, Martin Tovar in coverage. And it's going to set up a fourth down and 12 from the 18-yard line. Two things there. Martin Tovar has very tight coverage. And because the ball was underthrown, there is a lot of contact. Very easily could have been pass interference, but... On the other side of things, if Martin Tovar turns around, he has got the easiest interception he's ever had in his life, and I'm not so certain that ball wasn't tipped just a little bit at the line because it just did not have that force on it, and they're actually Harbor Beach is fortunate that ball was not picked off. Minute 35 left in the first quarter. Sandusky 6, Harbor Beach nothing. Harbor Beach on their first drive here trying to tack some points on. Facing a fourth and 12 from the Sandusky 18-yard line. Two wide each way. Kadar the left hash, going to his left. Looking to pass. Now has to go forward with it. He's going to have to be caught up in the backfield. And he's going to be sacked by number 45, Brendan Duff. Middle linebacker and a turnover on downs at the 23-yard line. Gives the ball back to the Sandusky Redskins with a six-point lead. I believe you mentioned in the pregame that Brendan Duff was one of, if not the leading tackler for Sandusky. And you can chalk him up with a sack there as Kadar... Uh, is looking around, looking around, has lots of time, buys himself time by stepping up in the pocket. But Brennan Duff is basically there to spy Kadar on that play. He was sitting back there doing nothing but making sure Kadar does not scramble. And when Kadar stepped up in the pocket, Duff collapses on him too quickly. He's able to make a sure tackle and a turnover on down. Sandusky takes over the football. At their own 23-yard line, quarterback keeper Matt Carlson around the right end has positive yards all the way out to the 30-yard line. Caden Boynton finally brings him down, but we have our first flag of the season for us, Dave, here tonight. Back at the original line of scrimmage, more than likely when you see that position, typically a hold. Absolutely. A hold, blocking the backs, but it's usually on that offensive side. And uh, you mentioned last week, I am almost certain that they didn't even bring yellow flags with them last week. <laughs> it's a block in the back, so from, from the spot of the foul, is this, what, 10 yards or 15? Seems like it's 10 yards. They're marking it off from the 23-yard line, 24-yard line from the back to the 14. So repeat the down. First down and 20 for the Sandusky Redskins leading 6-0. It's just what the doctor ordered for the home team. When you're down a touchdown and just turn the ball over, that is a perfect start to this drive. Sandusky starts now. Looks like first and 19 officially. Minute 10 remains in the first. Carlson under center, working off the right hash, right to left across your radio. And out to Zach Franzel, trying to find something, but it's Harbor Beach closing up those gaps quickly. Just a two-yard gain for the senior running back out to the 17-yard line. Tackle made by number 66, Colin Rogenbuck in Dakota Deer and probably eight other black jerseys. Absolutely. The Harbor Beach starting to lean that way. Uh, very lack of creativity from Coach Jacobson right now. He's attacking that right side, and he is doing it over and over again. And it's only a matter of time before he has baited in his defenders enough. I got to think Martin Tovar is going to get something the other way here just to loosen up that defense. I think he thought the run with Carlson would open up that defense, but did not work so far. 
Same formation, second down, 16 from the 17. Hand off to number 20, Martin Tovar gets the handoff across the 20 out to the 23-yard line. Tackle made by middle linebacker Ethan Hessling for the Pirates. And we have 10 seconds left. That'll be the end of the corner. And Sandusky facing a third and 10 when a return right here on the WLW Sports Network. After one quarter, it's Sandusky 6, Upper Beach nothing. Twelve minutes are off the clock. Six-nothing Sandusky leads the Harbor Beach Pirates, and they are at their own 23-yard line, facing a third down and ten. Now going left to right across your radio. Dave, what are your first thoughts from that first quarter? I, I thought it was an absolutely dominating performance by the Sandusky Redskins, especially up front. But Harbor Beach did what we expected them that they needed to do, and that was pass the football. And Kadar come out throwing. He's off to a very good start. Uh, he's completed two passes already for 35 yards on four attempts. But they were big time. They were first down throws, big plays. And that's what Harbor Beach offense has kind of been built around the last five, six years is the big passing play and that opens up the running game especially from uh the spread offense the wing t just has not been uh a vocal point of the offense so we'll see if he sticks with a little bit more spread probably eight out of ten plays spread and we'll see if sandusky now attacking that right side with a trap we'll see if they eventually do some pitches and sweeps now as that heartbeat defense is pulled right into the middle Left to right across your radio, third and 10 from their own 23-yard line. Three men backfield, Carlson under center. Tovar, Franzel, and Wedge in the backfield. And a false start against, Harbor, or against, against Sandusky. The entire Harbor Beach line called it, pointing it out as, as soon as it was happening. And this will be a five-yard penalty against the Sandusky Redskins, now facing a third down in 15. I think Broxton Davis was the guilty party on that left side, the left guard. But nonetheless, it was a pretty obvious flinch. The whole right side of the defense of Harbor Beach was pointing it out, and they are given that penalty another five yards. So make it third down and about 15 for Sandusky. And when you're a wing T team, that is not a good number. But they have a lot of explosive players on their team. But this is, uh, this is this is not four-down territory, so Harbor Beach can come up with a decent stop here. They almost certainly will force the punting unit out, and that's exactly what this defense needs. Same formation, splitting the hash marks at the 18-yard line now. Third and 15, the first down marker at the 33. Hand off to Martin Tovar coming around the left side, and he's brought down just beyond the 25-yard line out to the 26-yard line. It'll be a gain of an eight-yard gain. Tackle made by Harbor Beach's number 65, Dakota Deer. And number six, Luke Woodkey, middle cornerback, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. He does it all as well. Now Sandusky facing a fourth down and seven. Yeah, this is this is too far into your own territory. If it's fourth down and two, I, I would trust my offense to get that done. But seven yards is too much. You can't chance it, and I got to imagine they'll punt it away here. So for the first time this season, Sandusky brings out the punt unit. And no surprise here, the punter, Zach Franzel. So 11-18 left in the second quarter, and Harbor Beach potentially here has come up with their first stop of the night. Hunt is away. Franzel's kick goes to the far sideline, out of bounds at near midfield, and we'll see where they knock, mark this one out. They're going to keep going with it at the 45-yard line. First and 10, for, and now they're walking it back, and they're going to say right at the 50-yard line. So oh, now they're banging it up. Now he's doing the, the Detroit shuffle, the electric slide out there. And they're going to slowly figure this one out. So with 11.06 left, Harbor Beach's offense back on the field. 
Yeah, we'll give them a minute to sort out where that is. Uh, that is a that is an awful spot if that's exactly where he's going to settle up. That ball was long gone out of bounds before we got there. But what do we know? We're way on the other side of the field. Yeah, we know nothing, Dave. We played golf in high school, Dave. We didn't play football. <laughs> I, Actually, I we think, should. In that case, we I should be able to see where it went out of bounds. I, 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 think, cer- yeah. I certainly am an expert on that. Absolutely. And if I could take my drop way up there, I'd have been way better off. <laughs> And from the 40-yard line, Harbor Beach facing a first and 10. 11.06 left in the half. Trips to the left, one to the right. Kadar in the shotgun, Boynton to his right. It's going to be quarterback keeper trying to go find an edge on the right side. He has positive yards and forced out of bounds after a three-yard gain. Pushed out of bounds by Brendan Duff. No surprise there. Second down, seven to go. And Sandusky wants to run the wing tee and get those three and four and five yards. Harbor Beach tries to do the same thing, but from the spread. They want to see your defense spread out and make tackles in space. And that time, a design quarterback run. Kadar gets to catch the ball five yards deep behind the line and survey and decide which way he wants to go. He chooses right immediately and a sprint to the sideline. But Brennan Duff does an excellent job of cutting him off and forcing him out of bounds after just a three-yard gain. Second down, seven from the 43-yard line of their own territory. Harbor Beach, right to left, cross your radio. A little bit of a high snap, and it's going to be a handoff to number 15, Levi Klasky. He has positive yards again across the 45, and finally brought down at the 48-yard line. That was a pretty high snap. We've seen a couple of them now from Dakota Deer getting right up there, but Kadar's able to jump into the air, pull it down, and still get a good handoff to Klasky, and he's able to drive ahead and drag a defender for one of their better runs of the game, third down and two coming up for Harbor Beach. Ten minutes remain in the first half. Six-nothing Sandusky leading Harbor Beach in Harbor Beach. Pirates come to the line, which is at their own 48-yard line. Back to the T formation, trying to go for those two hard-fought yards. Sandusky coming up to the line as well. Fumble on the play. Kadar has to jump on it. Looks like he may have been able to grab it, but unfortunately that means no gain on the play, and Harbor Beach will be facing a fourth down and now about two and a half. Yeah, we saw that last week uh, with Ubley's freshman quarterback. You see that left foot. When he pulls it out, he wants to get that handoff and get in the backfield as quick as possible, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't take the football with you, and it got hung up between him and the center. It goes straight to the ground, and Kadar is fortunately able to dive back on it and preserve this drive for now. Fourth down and two, and they need to get to right to the midfield at the 50-yard line. 9-14 remains. Looks like Harbor Beach will be going for this one. Coming out in the T formation once again. Absolutely. He's trusting this offensive line to beat this tough defensive line of Sandusky. And now we have a timeout called by Troy Schelke and the Pirates. They want to talk this one over, maybe taking a look at that Sandusky defensive lineup. Dave, what, what do you expect to see here out of Harbor Beach? Uh, it, Not much luck has out of the teeth so far tonight for Harbor Beach. Uh, this is, there's a reason Coach Schelke's been doing this for as long as he has, and he doesn't often to agree with me. And for good right, I'm up here and he's down there. But if I'm him, I'm audible, and I am not going to the wing tee. I do not trust that we are going to get two yards on this defense. Right now we have saw the Sandusky uh, front four win the battle in the trenches more often than not. So unless he's got a play that he absolutely loves, I got to imagine I'd rather spread it out and let Kadar make that decision for me. He's my athlete. He can throw it. He can run it. I'd like to see him with the football, and I have no problem letting him decide to throw the ball. Mason Booms has been lights out early in this game, and we haven't even seen Luke Woodkey get a target yet. We know he's his favorite receiver. 9.04 left in the first half. Harbor Beach trying to convert on a fourth down here tonight. They, of course, had, did not make it on the last time on fourth down deep into, uh, let's see, that one, Harbor Beach ended at the 
23-yard line of Sandusky. Turnover on downs after 10 plays, covering 35 yards. Sandusky result, return, returned after that with a quick three and out. Gave our reach the ball back with 11.06, and now we are two minutes and two seconds later facing a fourth and two. Five-minute drives for Harbor Beach is a little uncharacteristic. They're usually scoring in quick fashion, but the less possessions that Sandusky offense gets, the better chance for Harbor Beach to stay in this game a lot longer. Sandusky still showing why they are the preseason favorites in the East. Harbor Beach still in the T formation. Kadar under center, fourth and two from the 48. Another fumble on the play. And Kadar is going to have to jump on it regardless, though. That is going to be another turnover on downs. And Harbor Beach still scoreless. And Sandusky with their second stop on fourth down gives the ball back to the Redskins. Yeah, Sandusky says they recovered it, but it does not matter. They're going to get the football in that area regardless. But two plays in a row, even after a timeout, your veteran quarterback cannot take the ball from the center. And you wonder how much how much that is on the center as it is the quarterback. I mean, he's already Deer's already snapped a couple of them that almost went over his head. Uh, so something's just off a little bit. But Kadar, perfectionist, he's done it a long time. Stepping out of that play just a little bit early and not taking the football with him, that's a big turnover because now this high-powered Sandusky offense takes over in Pirate territory. From the 48, and is a handoff to number 25. Zach Franzel, you've tripped up at the 42-yard line by 42. Ethan Hessling for the Pirates. And they're going to mark him down at the 40. It's an eight-yard gain, second down and two. And back to business now for that Sandusky running game. Eight yards on first down as they attack the right side, running behind that that line. I believe uh, we were talking earlier that those two big bodies are Jacob Sanderson and Caden Blaschel running behind those big bodies. They've done a nice job so far in this first half. Second down and two. 8.28 remains in the first half. 6 nothing. Sandusky leading with the ball. T formation. Carlson under center. Franzeld, Wedge, and Tovar in the backfield. Left to right. It's going to be a handoff to number 26. Wedge, he has the first down. They're going to say he pushed out to about the 37-yard line. It's actually going to be pretty close to that first down marker. Tackle made by number 54. Elliot Seaman, nose guard, 5'11", 205-pound senior. And they say enough to move the chains. First and 10 for Sandusky. Uh, that's a nice job. They let DeLorean Wedge get free early, but so far he's been held in check to a couple short runs. But it's only a matter of time. If, if I'm Coach Jacobson, I'm finding a way to get my speedy running backs and Franzel and Tovar, you have barely seen yet, and Wedge out in space. So far, all we've seen is the Carson Haleski play of last week is that fullback dive. And Haleski made Harbor Beach pay all night long. But they have done a nice job adjusting to that same type of play and taking Wedge out of the play. And off to Wedge again. He's out to the 35-yard line before he stopped. Falls forward to the 34. Tackle made by Luke Woodkey. Ethan Hessling hit him first. Woodkey finished him off. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Them linebackers have to be huge in this game for Harbor Beach to fill those gaps and take away those playmakers. That time, Ethan Hessling jumps into that middle gap, and he forces Wedge to go sideline right into the arms of Luke Woodkey, who doesn't miss him. Short gain for Sandusky. Second down, seven to go. 7-15 remains in the first half. From the 34-yard line in Harbor Beach territory, left right across your radio. Two yards inside the left hash. Carlson now, now under center in the T formation. And off to Zach Franzel. Has room to run. One man to beat, and he's gone. To the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Sandusky. Zach Franzel finds the end zone for the second time tonight, this time from 34 yards out. And it's now Sandusky 12, Harbor Beach nothing. 
Yeah, you could see it again. We, we've thought when that defensive line collapses of Harbor Beach, there's no linebacker in sight. And then Kadar is left on an island to try to make a play. And Franzel has enough room to kind of stutter step and juke to his left. And Kadar is left laying on the field untouched. Franzel escapes down to the end zone for a long touchdown run. Just three plays covering 52 yards ends up in the score. Franzel with his second score of the night. 6.59 left. Sandusky's going for two now. Trying to make this a 14-point lead. Carlson under center. Play action rolling to his left. Carlson trying to find the edge. Nothing there. And he is stopped at the one-yard line after a big hit in the corner. That looks like it is number 14, 10 Babcock on the stops. So the two-point conversion, no good. Score remains Sandusky 12. Harbor Beach nothing right here on the WLW Sports Network. Five minutes into the second quarter, and Sandusky strikes again. Zach Franzel with both scores for the Redskins tonight makes it 12 nothing. Three plays, 52 yards, two-point conversion, no good. Zach Franzel now with 97 yards and nine carries, averaging 10.8 per carry. Lauren Wedge, five carries, 38 yards. Martin Tovar, two carries, 14 yards. Matt Carlson, one carry for a loss of one. Our reach Pirates trying to find the end zone for the first time tonight. They trail 12 nothing. Absolutely. I'm looking up here, and I'm, I'm seeing Zach Franzel dominating the carry load. I mean, obviously, he was the game plan tonight. They've had a plan, and they've ran the same play. All nine carries of Zach Franzel have gone to the same spot, and he's already at 97 yards on the game with two scores. When a game where you kind of expect um, DeLorean Wedge to dominate, he's actually been held in check. He had one good run, but otherwise, he's been fairly quiet. They've actually picked on him on the defensive side a little bit. So, But so far... Sandusky has weathered the early storm of Harbor Beach and extends their lead 12-0. But seven minutes to go in this first half, Harbor Beach can put together a scoring drive. This game is long from over. Franzel's boot comes in at the 18-yard line, brought in by Luke Woodkey, across the 30, down to about the 35. And they're going to say he's forward progress stop to the 34-yard line. A nice little return, 16 yards there. Tackle made by Sandusky's number 52. That would be Jacob Sanderson as well as Mitchell Davis on the special teams play. 6.52 remains in the first half. Sandusky 12, Harbor Beach nothing. Much better special teams coverage there by Sandusky. This time they'll make, they'll make Harbor Beach go a lot further down the field on this tough defense. Interesting to see if Coach Schelke now, his quarterback has fumbled the last two snaps trying to take it from the wing tee. It makes you wonder if he goes to the spread just for the simple fact that they're used to snapping that ball five yards deep. From the 34-yard line, first and 10, two wide each way. Kadar in the shotgun, Boynton to his left. There's a snap, staying in the pocket. Now is to move forward, and he's in trouble, and he's going to be brought down at the 30-yard line. They're going to say there's a fumble on the end of the play. No official word yet from the officials of where this one's going to end up. And looks like the white cap is perhaps saying think, that he was down. I agree. I think they're talking about it, but I think they're going to say he was down down by contact. But those are the scary plays for quarterbacks. Kadar steps up in the pocket, and he's looking at a, a defender staring him in the face, and he tries to go around him and gets hit from behind, and that's 
that's when that football gets jarred loose, and it does at the end. But I think from our perspective, the right decision was made. I think that ball came out very late, and that, and needless to say, down by contact, but a three- or four-yard loss for Sandusky. A good start for them on defense. Second down, 14. Six minutes left in the second quarter. Harbor Beach from their own 30-yard line. T formation, working off the right hash. Kadar under center. And it's going to be a end around here, reverse, trying to get something, and Sandusky's not letting anything happen there. No gain on the play. Looks like nine. Mason Booms got the end around. Tackle made by number 55 for Sandusky. Casey Kirkpatrick, outside linebacker, for absolutely no gain. Sandusky's sniffing that one out. Yeah, they had the uh, the original game plan taken away, and when Mason Booms comes around, your, your first thought was, oh, this play is still alive, and Sandusky shot that option down too. <laughs> absolutely an excellent job of maintaining your gap presence, not following that play action. These guys over here, DeLorean Wedge, 73, is Caden Blaschel holding down this right side, not following what they think the play is, and maintaining that side. And unfortunately for Harbor Beach, Mason Booms had nowhere to go. Three wide to the left. Kadar rolling to his left, looking to pass downfield. The righty lets it fling down to the inside Sandusky territory. And this one what is catch. caught. This one is caught at the 25-yard line by Luke Woodkey. A huge flipping of the field for the Pirates. And suddenly there's a little momentum on the Pirates' sideline. Martin Tovar and Lucas Feehan are in coverage. But Luke Woodkey is one step ahead of both of them. And rolling to his left, probably one of the most the best throws you will see all season long, rolling to his left, throwing off balance. That ball is 30 yards in the air and on the money, and Luke Woodkey doesn't miss it for a huge flip of the field and a first down for Harbor Beach. 44-yard catch for Luke Woodkey from Dylan Kadar, and that almost triples the offensive production for the Harbor Beach Pirates tonight. First and 10 from the Sandusky 26-yard line. Three wide to the right, one to the left. Kadar rolling to his right to the pass. And this one's in and out of the hands of Luke Woodkey, but we have a flag at the original at the original line of scrimmage. It looks like it's going to be a false start against the Pirates. That doesn't make sense. That would mean it's a legal, uh, illegal shift or formation. It has to be legal formation, or they would have they stopped the play dead. But um, DeLorean Wedge does a nice job reading that out route, and he hits Woodkey as soon as the ball gets there, and the ball drops free. Incom- uh, falls incomplete safely, but so they're trying to f- sort this one out. If it is the case, ball start before the snap, so Harbor Beach actually gets bailed out there, and they're going to repeat first down on now a first and fifteen from the Sandusky thirty-one yard line. Last week there were no flags. This week there's no whistles. <laughs> There's, there's flags, just no whistles. Back to the big completion there. The, the guy that cannot let that happen is Lucas Feehan. He's playing deep safety for Sandusky. There is absolutely inexcusable for any offensive player to get behind you, and Luke Woodkey was always ahead of him. He's going to have to do a better job to take away that deep pass. Kadar on the quick pass to the near sideline into the hands of number 17. It is caught by Matt Farmer, the junior wide receiver, also safety. And it's going to be stops the clock with 4.17 left at the 21-yard line. Brings up a second down and six. You hate to be that team that throws it 30 times a game, but you can sense a weakness. This team is used to trying to stop the run every week. Everybody runs the football. Albley runs the football. Sandusky runs the football. You play Harbor Beach, there's a chance they throw it 15-plus times, and Harbor Beach is on pace for that with Dylan Kadar already four for six with 89 through the air. 
mean, that's the only way they've been able to move the ball on this defense. And just when they least expect it, you can try and run it, and you'll have some openings. From the 21-yard line off the left hash is out of the T formation. Kadar on the keeper on the right side, trying to find some space and nothing going whatsoever. And he's brought down for a yard, maybe two on the, play, on the loss in the play. Tackle leading the way was number 20, Martin Tovar, the cornerback, coming up to meet him. And now a third down and seven. Yeah, good defense there. They took away the middle. Kadar reads the play, keeps it for himself. It's the right read. But when he gets outside, Martin Tovar, number 20, takes away the sideline and nothing there for Kadar. He goes down with a short loss. But third down and seven, maybe eight to go with three and a half to go in this half. Harbor Beach looking for another completion. You're almost certainly going to throw the ball again. Harbor Beach, three for five on third downs tonight, facing a third and seven from the Sandusky 23. Out of the shotgun, not passed down to the corner. Wide open. Wide open is Tan Babcock. Touchdown, Harbor Beach. Tan Babcock brings in the 23-yard pass from Dylan Kadar. And Harbor Beach is on the board for the first time tonight with 3.24 before the half. Wow, wide, wide open. Brady Franzel in coverage, and I don't know who he was looking at or what, but he stood there, and Babcock ran right by him. We mentioned early that Tanton Babcock is a guy that's going to make plays for this Harbor Beach offense. When I wasn't sure he was going to score a touchdown tonight, but a great route as he blows by the secondary into the end zone and a perfect throw by Kadar into the arms of Babcock. Harbor Beach gets on the board, down 12-6 with a chance to make it a four-point game. Six plays, 66 yards, took three minutes and 25 seconds on that drive, two wide each way, going for two. Trying to make this a four-point ball game. 12-6 currently. Man in motion to the far, that's Mason Booms. Rolling to his right. Passes up, and it is caught, but was he out of bounds? They're going to say it was good. The two-point conversion is good by Mason Booms, and it's Harbor Beach 8. Sandusky with a four-point lead with 12 right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Harbor Beach strikes for the first time tonight, brings it within four points with 324 left in the first half. 12 to 8, Sandusky still on top, but Harbor Beach going through the air on that drive and it paid off. They now have 154, uh, excuse me, 113 yards of offense, 112 of those through the air. 13 carries, one yard, five completions on seven attempts for 112 through the air for Dylan Kadar and the Pirates. 12 to 8, Sandusky leading, trying to tack on some more points here before the half is over. Deep back is the backfield for the Sandusky Redskins. Franzel, Tovar, and Delorn Wedge, as well as Lucas Feehan. Coming out the diamond formation at the 10 deck, all the way to the two yard line. Luke Woodkey's kick comes to the near sideline. Looks like he's going to sail out of bounds at the 15 yard line. So this will be a penalty against the Pirates. Their first of the night, excuse me, second of the night. And this will more than likely put Sandusky at the 35, or they have the chance to re-kick. And it appears that Craig Jacobson trusts and believes in his special teams unit, and they want to re-kick on this one. Well, it's his best three running backs back there, so I don't blame him at all. Same as I don't blame Woodkey for trying to angle kick it away from him a little bit, but keep something low on the ground, squib it, let one, make one of them up men handle the football. But needless to say, we're going to kick it again and see what happens. So 12 to 8, Sandusky leading. Babcock with a huge catch 
for the Pirates on third down. So now they they almost had him kick off from the same exact spot. So now they back about five yards to the 35-yard line. Harper Beach almost got, went, got away with one there. So Luke Hookie kicking things off for the Pirates once again. Same four in the back. This one's going to go right the opposite sideline this time. Bounces at the 20, 17, and it comes the rest of the 15. Picked up by Martin Tovar. Coming back to the midfield, trying to find the edge. At the 25-yard line, met by black jerseys and ripped down to the 29-yard line. A gain of about 15 in play. Tackle made by Mason Booms on special teams as well as Grant Smiglinski. First and 10 for the Sandusky Redskins. 314 before the half is over. First and 10 from, the first, from their own 29-yard line. That was a pretty impressive kick there by Woodkey to get that ball to come to a stop out on the 15-yard line. It kind of forces Sandusky to pick it up and Tovar to try and reverse field to make something happen. So Harbor Beach wins after the penalty, the field position battle. But with 314 to go and all three timeouts, Sandusky has the football with a chance to extend the lead to a two-score game. First and 10 left right across your radio. 314 left in the half. 12 to 8, Sandusky by four. Handoff right up the middle to number 26 to Lauren Wedge, and he is stopped in his tracks at the 30, maybe the 31-yard line by Caden Boynton, outside linebacker for the Pirates. Two-yard gain, and the Pirates are fired up about that. And they should be. That's about the shortest run of the night for the Sandusky Redskins. Levi Klasky was not far behind either. Those two, it was a dual hit right on DeLorean Wedge going absolutely nowhere. They're going to give him a generous two yards, and that is it. He had nowhere to run. And that's the guy that I'm surprised they haven't tried to get outside a little bit and showcase that speed. But keep an eye on Zach Franzel. He's been the horse. Don't be surprised they go back to his direction. And it's a handoff to Tovar right through the middle, dragging his defender to the first down marker at the 39-yard line. Tackle made by Luke Woodkey. Getting a free ride for about two or three yards there. 2.29 left in the half. Stops the clock to move the chains. First and 10 for the Redskins. And that's just where this Sandusky offense is uh, is another level on a lot of people's running games. You get them for a short gain, and they'll come back and get you for eight or nine on the next one and move the chains anyways. They don't see a lot of third downs, and they move the ball very well on the ground. And now you're starting to see Tovar get involved. All these running backs showing off that they can handle the rock at any time. Sandusky, three for third downs is all they face tonight. Handoff to Zach Franz around the right side, breaks free of his first tackle in the backfield, and he's going to be brought down close to after a 10-yard gain at the 49-yard line. Tackle made by number 42, Ethan Hessling for the Pirates, as well as number 74, Grant Smiglinski. Move the chains for the Redskins, stops the clock with 155 left in the half at the 49-yard line. That's, uh, that's getting to the outside, spreading out that Harbage Beach defense and the patience shown there as he follows his blocker and then cuts back to the middle. He's able to get upfield and right tackled right down at the first down marker. First and 10 from the 49, Carlson under center. 140, clock rolling, handoff to Tofar, finds the left gap, spins his way down to the 45-yard line for a six-yard gain for the Redskins. Tackle made by middle linebacker Ethan Hessling for the Pirates, and we have a timeout called by Craig Jacobson and the Redskins with 91 seconds remaining in the first half. That's a good timeout. He's got all three of them. Control the clock. He's going to have possession. With barring a turnover, he'll have possession of this ball for the most of the rest of this half, and he wants to absolutely make sure his team is on the same page and try to keep the home team down. They're up four. They've done pretty good this half, but if they can get a little more, that's exactly what he's thinking with his old buddy against Troy Schelke. Harbor Beach has 11 players on the offense or on defense at any time, and they have eight managers out there right now on this timeout. Looks like the majority of the 
flag football squad as well as the junior high squad who came up with a big victory last night. I believe, what, 36 to 8? First victory for this Harbor Beach junior high in a number of years. It's very good. That shows good depth in the program, something they've been worried about for a long time. But uh, Harbor Beach is 10 has found a way to win games at the JV level and then bring it into varsity-level talent. And that's the first victory in 12 games for the junior high last night. Jay O'Neill, head coach now for Harbor Beach at the junior high level for the first year. He's a offensive coordinator last year and maybe even past two years. Minute 31 here, Dave. Craig Jacobson, storied and uh, very veteran coach here in the Great Thumb Conference. Sure, he's drawn something up just specially for this Redskins squad. Yes, it's, it, it just depends. If it comes out of the Bill Sweeney playbook, you will see another off-tackle run with <laughs> Zach Franzel in the exact same spot. It's absolutely right. Uh, but it just depends on what you what he sees here. It, he knows he's still 45 yards in a minute and a half is a long ways to go for a running team. Hand off to DeLorean Wedge, trying to find something there. Gets close to that first time mark. It looks like he's short, though, out to the 42-yard line. A gain of two on the play. They needed three. Tackle made by number six, Luke Woodkey, as well as Grant Splinsky and Sandusky's already at the line of scrimmage, minute 15. Third down in the yard, handoff to Zach Franzel, has the first down, breaks it out of three tackles, Look out. and here he goes. He's at the 20 to the 10 to the 5, touchdown, Zach Franzel, his third of the night with a minute four. Four different Pirates had the ankles of Zach Franzel, and he blasted right through them all. Touchdown, Sandusky. Ethan Hessling had a shot at him in the backfield. Franzel's able to shed that, and then he reverses field, changes directions, and showcases that ability to get upfield quickly. And just like we said, why do anything different when you can hand it off to Zach Franzel and let him do the rest of the work, leaving black defender, black jersey defenders all over the field. Four or five missed tackles on the play, and Sandusky gets a huge touchdown to retake a two-score lead. 18-8, trying to go for two here to make it a 12-point ball game, 104 remaining in the first half. T-formation, Carlson under center, same backfield. Franzel, Wedge, and Tovar. And off to... Tovar, he's stopped at the two-yard line, and he two-point conversion is no good. Tackle made by Luke Woodkey for the Pirates. 104 remains in the half, and it's Sandusky by 10 points. 18 to 8 right here in the W LW Sports Network. Left in the half, 18 to 8. And our crew is talking about getting concessions when there are no concessions for the entire 2020 season. Just leave me out of that conversation, okay? <laughs> the natives are restless here, Dave, in the roof. It's now a 10 point victory or 10 point lead for the Sandusky Redskins. 64 seconds before the half, Zach Franzel breaks out of four tackles to find the end zone for the third time tonight. He now has 145 yards on 11 carries, three touchdowns, averaging 13.2 every single time he touches the ball. Now, it reminds you of last week watching uh, Carson Oleski run. It just seems like every time they get the ball, something special happens. And Zach Franzel is doing everything and more what Carson Oleski did to this Harbor Beach defense last week already over, uh, over the century mark. Three touchdowns gets the hat trick in the first half. Franzel kicking things off, goes for the squib kick. It's brought in by Grant Smiglinski at the 44-yard line on the second hop. And Harbor Beach will have decent field position to start this drive with 64 seconds. Soft hands yeah. for a big man. Do you see that? 
Well, he, he plays uh, large forward down down in the post there for Harbor Beach basketball. And uh, perhaps get, re- get rebounds. Yeah, get, get rebounds. rebounds. That's all that matters. <laughs> First and ten for the Pirates at their own forty-three yard line. They have. 66 or 56 yards in front of him. I know Coach Jacobson did not want to kick it deep to Woodkey and expose himself to a big return, but I think he expected that squib kick to go a little further than that because with a minute to go and a timeout or two in Coach Schelke's pocket, this offense certainly has the ability to throw it right down the field in this amount of time. Two wide, one to the left. Kadar throwing downfield. It's caught by Luke Woodkey at the 40-yard line. Drags his defender all the way down to the 35-yard line. A nice catch and carry for Luke Woodkey. Tackle made by DeLorean Wedge. Move the chain. Stops the clock with 57 seconds left inside Sandusky territory. That is an absolutely undefendable play, and Harbor Beach could do that at any time. The offensive line does as good a job as they can. Kadar steps up in the pocket, showing run, and it's tight coverage by Wedge, but they've been picking on him all night. But a perfect throw right over the shoulder of Luke Woodkey at full speed, and he's able to get a big first down. Going to pass. He's in trouble, and now he gets out of that one. Barry Sander in this one throws it downfield away from anyone, and this one goes flies out of bounds. And hits the ground with no damage. 39 seconds left. That is an absolutely unbelievable play by Kadar <laughs> to make sure that play goes for no yards. He was absolutely dead and dead to right sacked. A perfect blitz called by the defensive side of Sandusky. That linebacker comes through for free, but absolutely misses. Kadar is able to shed him free, run backwards about 10 yards to midfield, and get out of that that box, that shoulder tackle box out by the hash mark and launch that ball as far as he can into the Sandusky bench and make sure that it is an incomplete pass. One of the better incomplete passes you will ever see. Second down, 10 to go from the 35 of Sandusky. Two wide to the right, one to the left, two man on either side of Kadar in the shotgun. There's the snap. It's going to be staying in the pocket, throwing downfield to the nearest sideline. And this one's intended for Mason Booms. There's the flag. Pass interference will be called against the Sandusky Redskins, 15 yards from the, from the original line of scrimmage. And so Harbor Beach will have a first down from the 20-yard line of Sandusky. Uh, that one is uh, is a thank you very much if you're a Harbor Beach fan. That was a pretty light contact. That, <laughs> yes. ball, that ball was... I was thrown in the right place where only Booms was going to catch it. And just a little bit of contact. Mason Booms does an excellent job. We talked about this last week when there should have been an obvious one called that you, when you at contact is made, you have to show the official that contact was made. And Mason Booms does a nice job of shaking that helmet, showing that he got knocked off his line, and he gets the call. But that ball was overthrown by just enough. He probably wasn't going to catch it anyways. But Howard Beach moves a little closer now with 34 seconds to go. Two wide to the right, one to the left. Quick pass to the left side. Mason Booms catches it, and it balls loose at the very end of that play, and Zach Franzel recovers it at the 23-yard line, and they're going to say that is a fumble and into the hands of Sandusky. Wow, what a, that's a, just a perfect tackle by what I think was Brady Franzel, who was the guilty party on the pass interference. He gave up the deep pass for a touchdown, but when he goes up to Booms to make that catch, he puts his helmet right on the back elbow of Booms, is able to pop that ball right up in the air, and I thought it was none other than Zach Franzel that recovered the fumble. Yes, indeed. So three plays, and Harbor Beach gives the ball back to Sandusky with 26 seconds left, just trying to get to the halftime here in one piece. First down and 10, Sandusky with all the momentum and the lead on their side. They're leading by 10 points, 18 to 8. I think they're very happy to have that 10-point lead here on the road against Harbor Beach, but I don't be surprised if you see a couple quick run plays here to see if they can break one free. Zach Frandl's done it a few times tonight. And it's a handoff to DeLorean Wedge coming around the left side, and Harbor Beach stops him at the original line of scrimmage. Ethan Hessling on the stop for the Pirates. 19 seconds left, and we have a timeout called by Craig Jacobson. 
as his second, and they're going to give him a gain of a yard on the play out to the 24-yard line. Second timeout called by Craig Jameson and the Redskins. Hey, you got a veteran offensive line. You have a veteran set of running backs, a three-year starter at quarterback. You don't even worry about turning the ball over here. He's just given his team an extra play or two to try and break a big one here just to really dig that knife a little deeper in this uh, in this coaching rivalry. Ira Reach has had the ball for 11 minutes and one second. Sandusky 12-23 before this drive began with 26 seconds left. In the half, 18-8, to Sandusky leading. Zach Franzel, of course, the story of the game so far for the Redskins with all three scores in over almost 150 yards and 11 carries. Dave, what can Howard Beach do to slow that down? If anything. Zach Franzel has been unbelievable, but it's been the same play. He has run the same style play. They have done nothing different, nothing creative to try and get him the ball. They are simply blocking for him. He's finding a gap, and he's taking advantage by forcing some broken tackles. Uh, it was suggested up here by Dan Banky. you got to start shuffling those defensive guys around. They're running away from Smiglinski. Maybe move him over and see if he can help stop that play. Hand, hand off to Tovar right up the middle out to the 29-yard line. Tackle made by number 65 for Harbor Beach. Dakota Deer, defensive tackle. Third down and four to go from the 29. There's the snap already. Hand off to Zach Franzel. Gets out of his first tackle. Goes reverses fields. Now he's just going anywhere. And he's going to be brought down for a loss of four on the play. Back to the 25-yard line. And that is how the half will end. Tackle made by Mason Booms. And once again, Dakota Deer. And Sandusky will enter the locker room with a 10-point lead on the road against the Harbor Beach Pirates, 18-8. Right here on the WLEW Sports Network.